This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. I have been waiting for this episode for a very long time. This episode recording actually was rescheduled twice over the course of like three months because of COVID scares on each of our ends. Um, And the fact that we finally got it recorded and let me tell you guys, it is everything I wanted it to be and more. I am joined by Kendra Allen today. She is your makeup bestie. She also is the host of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. And she has so much advice and wisdom and insight into how you can get through breakups more effectively, how you can heal, literally heal your heartbreak and heal your heart more. And I just admire her so much and I love all of her content and her podcasts and everything that she does. Um, and you guys know, I mean, I hear from you all the time about going through breakups and, and you've heard about my struggles with getting through breakups. And I, I truly think that some of the breakups I've been through have been without a doubt, the hardest things I've ever had to go through and the most transformative things that I've ever had to go through. I mean, even like starting with my like high school breakup, you know, starting with even before that in middle school, like my first boyfriend, when I got cheated on, when we were on the phone together and and broke up, like breakups really, really can take control of our emotions and truly change us and shatter us and make us feel like somebody else and, and make us feel like a different version of ourselves and make us feel like, we're at rock bottom. And at least that's how I felt from breakups. You know, some people, they break up and they're, they're happy for it. But I do think that going through a breakup, if you go through it the right way, if you take the time to really heal and really learn from it, I think we can come out so much stronger and so much better and so much more prepared for our next relationship. So much more prepared for getting back out there in the dating world, knowing what we want and what we don't want. And So obviously, as hard as breakups are, as individual and unique as every breakup situation is, um, there is a lot that we can do in in them as we go through them that can benefit us, that can serve us, that can help the process, that can help 
us understand more of what's happening and why it's happening and and figure out how we can get to the other end. So we have a lot of great stuff coming. We have some listener questions we get to at the end. I actually asked Kendra what her the best piece of dating advice she's ever gotten is. And this answer blew my mind and is something that I'm so excited for all of you to hear. And it's really helpful and really different than any advice that I've ever heard before. So stay tuned, get ready. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend who you think should listen to it, whether or not they've listened to seeing other people before. If you know someone who's going through a breakup or who went through a breakup a while ago and they're still struggling or you know your coworker mentioned that their best friend is going through a breakup, like send it to your coworker, have them send it to the friend. It's the best thing that you can do in supporting seeing other people along with that. Don't forget to give a five-star rating and review. And of course, keep sending me emails and DMs with the situations you're in, the questions you have, so I can keep making seeing other people as best as it can be for you. All right, let's get into it. Dating can be fun, exciting, and magical, but the reality is it can also be scary. After all, we're meeting up with strangers from the internet, and isn't that the main thing we were taught not to do growing up? I know times have changed, but we've all heard horror stories, and I don't want anyone to be scared when going on a date. I want you to feel safe and empowered. That's why I'm teaming up with Invisiware to spread the word about their jewelry and products that can help save your life. Invisiwear has bracelets, necklaces, scrunchies, keychains, and more that each have a hidden charm. When you double-click the charm, ADT will contact up to five of your emergency contacts and optionally authorities with your location. The products are so cute and exactly what you would wear on a date and in your daily life. I have Invisiwear's keychain on my keys and an Invisiwear black scrunchie that I keep on my wrist whenever I go out at night. I feel so much safer knowing that help is just a double-click away should I end up in a scary situation. Plus, premium features offered by ADT include activity tracking, live video call, 24-7 chat access, and more. Keep yourself and your loved ones safe on your dates and in your daily lives. Head to Invisiware.com, that's I-N-V-I-S-A-W-E-A-R.com, and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE at checkout for 10% off your entire order. All right, and we are here with Kendra Allen, your breakup bestie. Kendra, welcome to Seeing Other People. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I'm so excited to have you here. I feel like the the hardest, one of the hardest parts about dating, there are many hard parts, but anyone who's been through a difficult breakup knows how painful that is and how it can make every single next thing about dating so much more difficult. And so I'm really excited to have you here. I know the listeners are going to be so pumped about this episode. And I just want to start by kind of asking how you ended up getting into being your breakup bestie and helping people through breakups. Because That's actually something that coming out of previous breakups of mine, I thought about doing exactly what you're doing before. And then I found you. I'm like, oh my God, she's doing it. She's doing it great. Like, I don't need to get into this. She's got it handled. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. I like, you know, the first, my, my, um, I was actually just talking to my dad recently and he was like, I remember the first time you told me that you were going to like embark on this breakup business and how like insane I thought it was at first and how I, he was like, I did not think it was ever going to work. Um, but I mean, it started with a breakup, of course, I've always been in the coaching space, like right Mm -hmm. out of college, I worked in like the health and wellness industry doing coaching. And then I think really the, the catalyst for all of this was when I was 21, I got sober. So I've been sober for nine years now. And when I got sober, there was like, there was just so much support. I mean, it's obviously a really hard thing to like quit drugs and alcohol and all that and 
there was so there was so much support there was so much like step-by-step guidance there was just so much out there for me to get through something that was very difficult with as much ease as you know as possible Mm -hmm. and then I went through my first serious sober breakup when uh in 2015 and I like looked up and I realized there was just nothing out there like that like if you're gonna go through a breakup you pretty much go to your friends and kind and like hope they have good advice. Um, but then at a certain point you feel like you can't talk to your friends about it anymore. So it's just, there's just not a lot of support out there, which is crazy because if we think about it, everyone goes through it. It's honestly one of the hardest things you'll ever go through. And if I was trying to find a date there's a thousand thing like services that I could use if I was trying to get in shape there's a thousand services that I could use but with breakups there's just there was nothing um and so when I went through that breakup in 2015 I'm just someone that like loves not like loves homework but if I'm going through something tough and you give me 10 a list of 10 things to do I'm stoked on it because it's like action that I can do so when I went through the breakup, I just started like asking different people what to do. Obviously I went to therapy and all of those things, but if someone made like an offhand comment about uh, a book that I should do, like order, I ordered it immediately on Amazon and read it. And so I just became this sponge for what it looks like to go through a breakup. It was also the first breakup that I had actually like gone through, not like dated my way through it, drank my way through it, all like numbed my way through it, all of the things that a lot of people do. So I became that sponge. And then I started becoming, you know, that friend that people are like, oh, if you're going through a breakup, you should probably talk to Kendra. So I just became like the breakup bestie, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I was going through a career change in like 2017 and decided to just start an Instagram account and see like, will people like this? And, so I started the account in 2017 and then it's just really evolved from there. That's amazing. And I love that it came from your own personal experience. And I'm not surprised to hear that. I feel like a lot of people who are doing something like what you and I are doing, it does come from our own struggles. And that's that's why we care so much about it. And that's why like we want to help other people and connect with other people on it. And I think it's actually really cool that like you saw this experience of like deciding to become sober and going through that and how much support you had and how many resources there were, but then there were not, there was not that when you're going through this other really difficult thing. And so I think that's really cool and a really cool, like kind of light bulb moment that like it really was shaped by your experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's, um, I'm sure there are a lot of people that had the thought of like, there should be something like this for breakups. And there's a lot of like, there are a lot of coaches out there that are doing it. Um, But it just felt like it just felt like such a big gap that needed to be addressed. Totally. And especially when you think of it, like you said, like, there's all these ways to get a date. There's like dating apps are great. Like they help you get a date, but then they don't help you with the rest of it. Like, it's like, okay, you have a date. Like now you're off on your own. It's like parents dropping their kids off at college or like at boarding school. And they're like, go figure life out. Like, we'll see, we'll see on the other side when you're back. We'll see you the next time you need a date. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So, okay, let's get into actually what to do when you're going through a breakup because I think there are a lot of things that we think we're supposed to do 
and that we don't do. And, you know, we see people go through breakups in TV and movies and it's just like, they either like they have their friends, like pull them to like a bar and like get drunk and try and like laugh it off and meet someone else. Or you see people like just in their bed with tubs of Ben and Jerry's and we are not really led in like a good direction of like what is actually healthy should you spend a week under your covers crying and not going to work or should you try and maintain a sense of normalcy like if you get broken up with like what what should that first week look like if you are anything like me and you are going on a date you're probably like nervous, but also excited, but just like really want to have a good time, don't want to screw anything up. And you get like the pre-date jitters. Um, For me, there were two things that I would do to help with those pre-date jitters. I would always call a friend for a little pump up speech. And I would also take a happy gummy from Mindset Wellness CBD before my date. It would help me stay in the right mood, being excited, being present, but it would also take away that layer of nerves that was going to stop me from being my best self on the date. I love the happy gummies. They are incredible. They taste great. They don't make you feel high or anything like that. They just make you feel like the best version of yourself. So try them today. Definitely recommend trying them before a date. MindsetWellnessCBD.com. Use code seeing other people at checkout. That will get you 20% off and free shipping. Yeah, it's it's a really good question and and it is, you know, funny because in the movies they don't talk about the fact that you typically have to go to work the next day, that you still have like there's not like breakup leave, you know, and some people are right. in a position they can tell their work that they're going through a breakup, but most people aren't. So mm-hmm. I'd say the first week, like the first thing I ever tell people is text your friends immediately. Just tell them, you know, either say like, "Can you please come over right now? Can you call me right now?" I think it's just that's the first thing to do is to I call it like rally the troops around you. And I remember mm-hmm. when I went through the breakup, my ex was like not even out of my house yet. And I had texted my best friend and she was like on her way over. And, you know, then my friends kind of like set up shifts for me. <laughs> like, OK, I'm going to be with her tonight. Can you like make her dinner tomorrow night? So I think really talent, like being really honest with your friends about what's going on, because it's easy to say. I think it's easy to not accept help. And I know a lot of people aren't great at accepting help. So I think just being completely honest about how much pain you're in and and ask and like to asking your friends to help you in terms of should you stay under the covers? Should you go about your life as normal? It's it's a yes. And it's like both. Um, I talk about this balance of needing to feel your feelings, but also you need to distract yourself because the feelings after a breakup are just too, they're too big. They're huge. Like they're massive. You can't, you can't expect yourself to be able to process and get through those feelings when they're that big. So I actually am a big fan of telling people to distract yourself as much as possible in the beginning within reason and still needing to be taking care of yourself. But I think it's important to like, you know, still hang on to commitments and, go to work if, if possible, um, you know, fill your schedule, like go to work, go to a workout class, go to happy hour, just try to stack your schedule as much as possible because the more distance, even a week after a breakup, you're going to have a little bit more 
power to process your feelings than you would the day of, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of distractions in the beginning and I think it always equals itself out. So if you're going to distract yourself a bunch, then you'll go through, you'll get to a place where you need to feel your feelings because you can't just ignore them. So that's, that's typically what I tell people. And I do think it is helpful, even if like you kind of feel like you're a zombie, like you're not even a person when you go to this happy hour or whatever it is, it's still helpful to be surrounded by people and to just not drop every single thing in your life. Because I think that's something that I've been guilty of is like just giving everything up and like letting myself completely go and being like, I am now this like really, really sad, depressed person. That's who I'm going to be. And I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to see anyone. I'm not going to go anywhere for the next like month or two. And that definitely hasn't been healthy. And that hasn't served me. And that's made it really difficult also for like my friends to help me. And, and that's one thing with with like, like you said, like rallying the troops and letting your friends know like this happened, like I need help. I think a really helpful thing in that is telling them exactly what you do need. You know, if you know that you're going to be like what I just said, like kind of disappear from the world, like tell your friends, like, I need you to make me leave my apartment once a day. Like I need you to call me or check in with me every night or in the morning. Like that's when I struggle the most. And I think that's something that like a lot of times as friends, we want to help our friends, but we don't know how. I'm so glad you say that because there are so many times where I talk a lot about getting support from your friends and I always get pushback of like, well, my friends aren't helpful. And I say, have you told them how you need help? It's like mm-hmm. people can't read your mind and they're going right. to help you in the way that they either know how or the way that they would want help, but it's different. So if, you know, you have a friend that's like, let's download dating apps and look like, which I had a friend that did that. Let's download Tinder and see who's out there. And I was, that was not helpful at all. And yeah. so I said, I appreciate you trying to help me. Not what I need. I need, you know, you to come over and literally just like pet my head and let me cry into your lap. And like, you know, stuff like that. I just need like comfort or I need distraction. Um, Can you come with, I, at one point I was like, can you come with me to Vegas this weekend? Cause I need a distraction. Like, you know, it's, so it's asking for exactly what you need and you said it exactly. Your friends want to help you, but sometimes they just don't know how. Yeah. And and I love the example that you gave at first of like your friend mentioning like, oh, let's download Tinder. It's like, don't be afraid to tell your friends what's not working. Like, the like I always say, like the way one friend dates is going to be different from the way you date. And that's like, like dating isn't one size fits all and neither is going through a breakup. So like what helps your friend is not necessarily going to help you, but like, don't just sit there and take it and feel like awful through it. Be like, I love you. Like, it's like, I appreciate you, but like, this isn't it. Can you do this thing instead? For sure. Exactly. I think that's yeah. great. Cool. So what, this is something where obviously there are so many different directions people can go in and people do go in all of the directions um, in terms of reaching out to their exes, trying to say like, wait, but like, please stay or like, we can fix this. This can change. Um, checking their Instagram every single minute to see if they posted something to see if they've changed any pictures or whatever it is. What are your thoughts? And I know what your thoughts are, but I need everybody to know what your thoughts are on communication and contact after a breakup. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely no secret if you've visited my Instagram or listened to my podcast. I'm a huge advocate for the no contact rule if you're able to do it, meaning pretty much meaning unless you directly work with your ex or you have kids, 
there's really not really a, I I believe there's not a reason to have to stay in contact with your ex. So the reason that is is because you're trying to let them go and by reaching out you're obvious you know you're doing the opposite of that and every time you talk to your ex yeah it'll feel good for you know while it's happening maybe like 10 minutes after and then you're you have to realize oh my god we're broken up it's like every time it's because when you go through a breakup you're actually going through a detox of chemicals there's like a physical detox that's why breakups feel so physically painful because relationships pump you full of all the good you know brain chemicals and then that the source of that just goes away so your body's going through this detox so every time you give them like every time you see your ex or hear from your ex you kind of have to start that process over again so i'm a huge fan of not like disconnecting off social media not texting them not seeing them not trying to be friends and you know this whole idea of like well shouldn't i fight for the person that i love i would say no because the if you talk to anyone who has begged for an ex back they feel really really shitty afterwards because it's you're you're saying like i need to fight to show my value i need to fight to be loved no, you don't have to. Like, yeah, relationships can be hard, but you shouldn't have to like stoop to begging to have someone in your life. And all you're doing is hurting your own self-esteem. Yeah, especially when you do that and you're like, I'll do anything to be with you. Like, I'll be, I'll be better. I'll be perfect. I'll be more this and that. And then they still don't want to be with you. Now you're like, wow. Like, then you start to think I'm not deserving of love. Clearly, like, everybody else can be loved, but I can't like, there must be something wrong with me. If, if this person who I'm willing to do everything in the world for doesn't want to be with me. So not to, yeah. yeah. And not to mention, even if you do beg and say, I'll do anything to make this relationship work. And maybe they do take you back. You're not really going to have a great sense of confidence in the relationship because you did mm -hmm. have to just like fight for them to want to be with you. So I don't think that makes for any kind of secure feeling in a relationship. Absolutely. And I definitely want to get into that more. But before we do, just continuing on the no contact thing for a minute, I feel like I always have listeners coming to me being like, okay, like this person broke up with me. And I like, I, I wish I could unfollow them. But like, I don't have it in me. Like, I don't want them to think that like, I hate them, or I don't want, yeah. like them to take it personally, or like, I still care about them and it'd be so rude to unfollow them or to remove like them from being my follower or block them or unfollow their friends and family like I don't want them to judge me for that and that's something where I get it like I've justified that in my own head before too but it's not about them anymore it's about you exactly you're not doing I when I when you remove someone on social media you're not doing it at them you're not saying no. like this is at you. This is for me. This is for me to protect myself, to protect my own feelings, to make going through this breakup easier. And the whole idea of like, I get that a lot. Isn't that so harsh? Isn't that immature? Isn't that childish? And I'm like, it's far more immature for you to continually put yourself in a situation where you're getting hurt and still doing it anyway. New Obsession Alert. If you're anything like me, you know how exciting it is to find luxurious and fashionable jewelry at a price point that doesn't break the bank. So I've been on the hunt for a high quality and affordable jewelry brand, and I finally found the one. I'm so excited to tell you guys about Ana Luisa. 
I know how important it is to feel empowered, elegant, and at your finest when you're going on dates. And that's exactly what Ana Luisa's jewelry does. That's why I'm hooking you up with a 20% discount on their entire website at shop.analuisa.com slash seeing other people. That's S-H-O-P dot A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash seeing other people. Their beautiful and unique pieces will complete your date night look. And the best part of all is that Ana Luisa is carbon neutral from packaging to products. They care about the planet and there's nothing more important than that. Ana Luisa has amazing pieces starting at $39 and they release new jewelry collections every Friday, which is basically my dream come true. Head to shop.analuisa.com slash seeing other people. Remember that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. The sale is too good to be true and won't last long. Enjoy 20% off the entire Ana Luisa website today. Yeah, and if, if seeing that they posted an Instagram story, seeing that they're hanging out with this their friend of theirs that you used to like, or they went home for the holidays and you were planning on doing that, or they went on this trip that you were planning on going, like those things are going to cause you so much pain. But for a split second, when you see that their little story bubble lights up, that they have something new or they posted something new, it's like you get so excited for a second because you're getting that little like dopamine hit. You're getting that little piece of information about them and then it's just going to feel terrible for the rest of the day. I tell people there's honestly nothing good you will see on your ex's social media. Nothing. nothing. Because if you nothing. see them happy, you're going to feel like shit. If you see yep. them upset, it's also going to make you feel sad. Like there's just no winning. You're never going to see something where you're like, oh, that makes me feel so much better. You know, it's totally. just not going to happen. And it's the same thing for if you're posting something. I know people post things for their ex to see, and then they're incessantly checking their story to see if they watched it or seeing if to see if they liked it, their feed post, whatever it is. It's like, okay, if you posted something that you wanted your ex to see and they don't look at it, you're going to feel embarrassed and you're going to feel shitty. And then if you post something for your ex to see and then they do look at it, you're going to feel terrible when you realize, well, they're not going to say anything about it or do anything about it. Exactly. And again, if we're talking about like a breakup is about letting go – if every time you post something on your story, you're thinking about how your ex is going to receive it, it's all you're doing is pouring energy into your ex. Like, 100%. look great, do whatever you want to do to make your life look great, make yourself look happy, but like do it for yourself, not because you're hoping to get a rise out of your ex. Yeah, 100%. It, it's about you now. And that's something like for me personally, I, the first time I experienced no contact, it was forced on me. Like he blocked me everywhere because I was absolutely going crazy and begging him to take me back and reaching out in every which way I could. And then he would block me on one thing and then the next and the next. And like, thank God he did that because I needed it. And I was not able to start to get through it until that happened. And until I literally could not physically contact him or see any ounce of anything going on in his life. And yeah, it felt like a really... Like someone took like a bat and like swung right at my ego because I was like, oh my God, like there's something so wrong with me that I need to be blocked everywhere. But it was like, no, like, thank God, because I need to step away so that I can get back to a better place and realize what's actually going on. And and I mean, in hindsight, it was the most toxic situation I've ever been in my life and like caused a lot of damage. But I couldn't even see that at the time. Like all I wanted was for this guy to take me back. And he, I, I never would have thought about blocking him, but him blocking me gave me the distance that I needed to be able to start recovering, to start getting through and start moving forward. 
Yeah, and I that's anytime someone says that their ex blocks them, I'm like, congratulate like this is a gift. Great. I'm yeah, it's good. Thank them. Yeah, don't thank, thank them because you can't, but like <laughs> it's honestly a good thing because it typically happens to people that would never do it on their own. Like yeah. I there was a situation where I got broken up with. Obviously so sad, but thank God because I would not have ended the relationship and it was not yep. a good relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So going in back to what you brought up before about like if you do get back together with someone, you might not necessarily like even feel comfortable or confident in that situation. Is there ever a situation where getting back together could actually work? And if so, what what do you need to look for to know that that's possible? Yeah. Um, so I, yes, it, it can work. Uh, I'm actually an example of of it work of it working um i have like a whole podcast episode on it because it's i the story comes with so many disclaimers um but i am currently married to someone that broke up with me we were apart for 18 months no contact for 18 months um no text not a single call not seeing each other once completely moved on i was in like another serious relationship so it it can work yeah (laughs) it's like holy um, shit (laughs) yeah it's and you know and I always tell people like my story is not an example of you know doing no contact gets you back with your ex it's not an example of like doing anything can get you back with your ex it's just an example of like if you do the work if you heal what's supposed to happen will happen and if you're really meant to be with someone you will end up with them you know but Mm -hmm. I didn't like I never thought I would see him again let alone end up you know, being married to him. But there are really like four things that I tell people if your ex comes back into the picture, there's a situation that arises um, to get back together with an ex. The first thing is like, how much time has passed? Honestly, how much time has passed? And realistically, and honestly, can whatever, I mean, and then you also, the other thing is you need to consider what caused the breakup. So in my case, what caused the breakup is he never wanted to get married or have kids. So that's, you know, kind of a big thing. So if he came back in like a week and was like, I've changed my mind. Just kidding. That, yeah. Let's, let's do the thing. Yeah. Let's do it all. No one no one can change in a week or a month or honestly like three months, I think. Um, doing work on yourself takes time. So how much what caused the breakup and then how much time has passed? And then the other thing is like what position are you making the decision from to get back together with an ex are you doing it just because you miss them are you doing it just because you feel lonely are you doing it just because dating hasn't really been working out very well and you're you just want some companionship none of those are good reasons to get back together with an ex if your life feels like whole and complete and you feel good single or you you know your life feels complete without your ex and you just realize like wow I do really miss them they would be a great value add to my life, then that's something to consider. And then the last thing I would say is like, talk to your friends and family because they saw your relationship in a, in a light that you did not. And, you know, ask them, do you think this is a good idea? Not that you sh- like need someone else's permission, but I think when you're making a big decision like that to get back together with an ex, it's really important to get all the perspectives as possible. Yeah, I think that's really smart because they saw you when things were good and they saw you when things were bad and and they saw why things were bad and they've also seen you get through it. And 
So I think that's really smart. And I also, like you said, like they have a perspective that you didn't, like they weren't looking at your relationship during it or in hindsight with rose colored glasses or with like depressed glasses. So I think that's really smart in terms of missing them. Like, let's say it's, it's a year, a year goes by, like I've done the work I've gone on dates. I just haven't, like, I haven't met someone like there were potentials, whatever. How can you differentiate between missing that person or missing the idea of that person? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. And there's also the like, am I missing them or am I just missing being in a relationship? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. we have like a human desire to want to be with someone in a relationship and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think the biggest thing is making sure that your ex isn't up on a pedestal, Um, meaning can you look at your ex as just like a human being because no one is perfect and no one is like, you know, a piece of trash. So it's like, can you really look at the good parts and then the bad parts, you know? So if you're seeing your ex as like perfect, like nothing, nothing's wrong, then I'd say you need to get a better objective look at, you know, the, the relationship that you were in. Maybe you literally need to take out a piece of paper and write down the things about your ex that annoyed you. So mm. you got to get them off the pedestal. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard no one's ever going to compare because it's a it's uh it's a picture that doesn't exist you know like no one will ever compare because it's an incomparable picture that you have of them um also like write down what you liked about being like what you just like being in a relationship and then what specific what you think you can never get from anyone else because at the end of the day there's very few things cuz i get this a lot where people are like you know, my ex was, my ex was just so nice and he got along with my mom so well. I don't know if I'm ever going to find that again. And I'm like, come on. Like you never, you don't think you're ever going to find someone who's nice and gets along with your mom. Like I, you know, I get if there's like a specific person who loves the exact same like food and baseball team and likes to watch The Bachelor with you. And like, if we're getting like super specific, yeah, there might not be the exact same combination. But if we're looking at things and values that you want in a relationship, ask yourself, like, do you really think you're never going to find that? Because the answer is almost always no. Yeah. And I feel like more often than not, people think they so desperately want to get back with their ex. And it's, it's not, it's not really an option for them. And then, you know, time goes on and they, the next person that they meet or that they date, they're like, Oh my God, like, this is so much better. This is so much healthier. Like this is so right. And now I see why that relationship didn't work out because it wasn't right. Yes. And this is another thing too, where people will say, people will say, well, my, but my relationship was so good. You know, there's sometimes people will say like, it's easier to get over a great, I mean, a bad relationship than it was a good Mm -hmm. relationship. But what I tell people is if you're coming out of a good relationship, all that tells me is that your next relationship is going to be great. Because if you've already established what a great relationship to you is, you have this bar, you're not going to you're not going to go worse because you know what good is. You know, if anything, you're going to go better. So you already have a standard and you're not going to drop below that. So I tell people, like, if you have a good relationship, you're just that much closer to, like, an insanely great relationship. I love that. And in terms of if you didn't have a great relationship, let's say, like, you were cheated on or there was a lot of manipulation or just anything really toxic and unhealthy. I know it's really difficult to get back out there. 
after that. And so what advice do you have for anyone who's really struggling to like trust someone again, to learn to love again? Because I think that's one of the most difficult things, especially after going through like a really intense breakup that really left you feeling broken. Yeah. And I think I think the reason that it can be so scary to date after being cheated on or, you know, like in my case, you know, coming out of a relationship with a narcissist is like you just feel very out of control. Like it feels like you lost your sense of control in a really big area of your life because whether we like it or not, relationships are really big areas of our lives. So what I tell people is do whatever you can to like get that sense of control back. So go backwards and like really learn and this is not to be done in a shameful way but learn at what point could I probably have told that this relationship wasn't going well um at what point was there were there red flags and again this is not to be like you're so stupid I can't believe you didn't see this but this is just to empower you so you know moving forward so if you can learn this information if you can take a look at yourself and say not that like anyone deserves it, but for me, when I was in the narcissistic relationship, I had very low self-worth. And so how my ex talked to me was um, directly correlated to how I talked to myself. So I started look I started like working on my self-esteem. And just I just thought, just to be clear, the person I married is not the narcissistic ex. I just want to make sure people know <laughs> different <call> relationship. <laughs> um but I really worked on like my self-esteem and my self-worth. And so I felt more empowered. So anything that you can do to empower yourself um, will automatically lead you to you trusting yourself more and right. feeling more equipped to get back out there. Yeah, I love that. And I think, like you said, it's so important to look back. And I think that's a huge part of getting through a breakup that people don't want to do. They're afraid to do it. They don't want to relive it. They don't want to reflect on it because then they're going to think about like all the good things and all the things they don't have anymore. But I, and this is something that I really didn't learn until like the breakup after the breakup that had like wrecked me. Um, and I, it was maybe like six months had gone by and I was talking to someone about it. I'm like, yeah, like, I, you know, it's been a while and I really wish I was in a better place by now, but I'm not. And she was like, well, have you figured out what you learned from your relationship yet? And I'm like, no, like, I learned that like, I hate being broken up with like, I already knew that. What do you mean? Like, I learned that life sucks. Um, and she was like, No, like, Alana, seriously, like, think about it. Because until you figure out like, what you learned and what you can take away from that experience, both good and bad, you're not going to be able to move forward. And that was so like, profound and helpful for me, because I had not thought to do that. And as soon as I did, I was like, okay, I learned how much like communication I really need to feel comfortable with someone. I learned how often I need to see somebody in order to feel like secure in the relationship. I learned what it's like to actually be treated well by someone and to be treated the way I deserve. And yeah, like that was really hard for me to kind of digest because it was like, well, I had this person who did finally treat me the way I deserved. But like you said, it's like now I had that bar going into the next relationship or any anyone I would go on a date with where I'm like are you treating me like this or better and if not then it's a non-starter exactly and you are spot on that a lot of people skip this step I call it like the processing step of 
where you and it you know it shouldn't be done right away like you really need to you know like the you shouldn't have gaping wounds about the breakup anymore like you should feel pretty stable in what in how you're feeling post breakup um but yeah going back and looking at what did I like what did I not like what's something that I didn't think I liked in relationships but realized I really liked um what are things that I what are characteristics of my ex that I want to take forward into future relationships like that's how we learn what we like in relationships and that's why so often like your first relationship doesn't work out because you don't you have no context you have no idea what you like you have no idea what you don't like and so if you don't take the time to process every relationship thereafter how are you going to build like your relationship ideal because everyone's different yeah 100% Okay, so one question that I have just as I'm watching a friend go through a breakup and, you know, she's doing certain things that I've done in my bad breakups. Um, and then I'll get into some listener questions. But, you know, I feel like I've seen myself and and this specific friend, like when going through it, it's like all rational thinking just goes out the window. Like that part of your brain just doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, I know how badly she wants to get to a better place. I know how badly she wants to move forward and and feel better. And while it seems like she is sort of, she is truly at this point trying, it's been like four months, she's really trying. But then there are situations where like, she'll run into him or she'll run into his friends. And basically every, it's like one step forward, three steps backwards. And it just keeps, she keeps going back into it. And she's run into him multiple times. And then they make stupid decisions together, even though they're not in a place to get back together. And so it's like, how can you kind of try and control these like impulses? And like, even like she blocked him, you know, like she, she tried to do that and it didn't, it it didn't work because there were other things that ways she could contact him. Like how can you kind of bring that part of like your rational thinking back when it doesn't seem to be there or like as a friend, what can you do? So what I would recommend honestly, and this sounds like a very like simple answer for a very like kind of complex question, but journaling, like Mm -hmm. I would really encourage anyone going through a breakup to pick up a pretty regular if not daily journaling habit because what that's going to do is not only does it provide like a log of your thoughts as you go through this process so for example let's say she blocked him and she probably had like a few better days where she wasn't obsessing about reaching out to him and you know if she was journaling she could write like oh I feel so much like better today like I'm feeling more peaceful and then it's and then when you step back into that chaos you have this like reflection of what it was like when you were feeling a little bit more peaceful. So I think it's important to get our thoughts out and like have this kind of track of, because for example, this is what I tell people when they're having a hard time not looking at their ex's social media. I say for the next seven days without judgment, look at your ex's social media. Like don't judge yourself. If you have to do it every day, if you do it twice a day, I don't care. But before you look, I want you to, In your journal, write down how you're feeling before you look. And then after you look, I want to write, I want you to write down how you're feeling. So it's just this thing of getting honest with yourself. That's the thing. A lot of this is just getting honest with yourself. And I think, I don't know if you've had this experience, but anytime I journal, sometimes things come out of me that I don't even realize that I'm thinking. Um, So 
by being able to track that stuff down, I think it can be really important to tap because you're right. Your logic brain goes out the window to tap back into that logical brain to cause you to pause and really think about what you're doing. And, um, and looking back on your breakup journal is like such a powerful exercise from like, you know, say you start on day five and then you look back on day 45 at how much progress you've made. It can be really powerful. Yeah. I think that's really smart. And this is, I haven't admitted this on the podcast because I feel like every, like every, so many people I talk to are like journal, like do these prompts, all this stuff. I've never journaled. I think I'm afraid to, I don't know why <laughs> I know it's, it's something that I should do. It's um, very but intimate. It's, it's like scary. therapy with yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but no, I think that's so smart. And it reminds me of actually something that the, the checking the story thing, I was helping um, a friend through, uh, she was actually a listener who became a good friend of mine she was going through a really tough breakup and every single time she checked his story, she had to send me a spider emoji. I love that. Yes. That's so powerful. And it, you don't even have to say, I have that with like my best friend. If I'm having a really hard time, I just send her the word spiraling and she knows to call me. So I don't have to be like, yeah. Hey, can you call me? I'll just say like spiraling and then that's it. Yep. So yeah, have those kind of agreements because all it is, it's bringing, it's bringing, it into your awareness. I think the worst thing that we can do is like become unconscious about what we're doing or what we're feeling. So if there's little touch points that can kind of bring you back into reality, you know, sending your friend, just letting them know like, Hey, I looked. And then your friend's like, okay, that's right. okay. Exactly. Yeah. And like, instead of getting into the habit, like you said, like unconsciously just typing like the first letter of their name into Instagram to see something pop up. Like I can't tell you for how many months, if not years, I had done that. And it, I wouldn't even be actively thinking about it. I wouldn't be like, Oh, I wonder what this person posted on their story. I would just like open Instagram, be scrolling. And then I would just go do it. And then suddenly I would feel terrible. And I'm like, I didn't even actively think about wanting to do this. I just did it out of habit. That's why it's so important to put whatever obstacles you can in place because that's a very yeah. common experience. So that's why it's important to like remove them because like make it a little bit more work for you to look. Basically, that's yeah. that's what it is. You can always, we all know, I don't care what you do, block, wh whatever. You can do whatever, you can always look, but just right. make it a little bit more work so you ha there's more time where your like logical brain can be like, this is not a good idea. <laughs> Yeah. One thing I actually did to make it impossible was I, I went off social media for a few months and that was so helpful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Okay. Yeah. A few listener questions here. Um, one, and I think, I think we know the obvious answer, but I guess more so like, why is that the obvious answer? But should I text my ex on their birthday? <laughs> it's so funny. I, this is, I'm not even kidding you. This is my most common DM. At one point I was like, I'm just going to put it in my bio. Like don't text your ex, <laughs> don't on, text their your ex on their birthday. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, I will get into the reason of it. And it honestly just has to do with expectations. Because if we're being honest, like, you're not just texting them just to, like, make them feel better on their birthday. You're texting them because it's an in to start a conversation. Um, and the reason you don't want to do it is because of expectations. So you're going to send this text saying, happy birthday. Um, and you're going to want a certain response back and you're gonna want them to say that they've been thinking about you. They miss you. Um, remember my last birthday, we had so much fun. Like you're, you're hoping for something. And typically what you're going to get is 
thanks. Um, thanks. Hope you're doing well. Or you're going to get nothing back. And you're going to feel way worse than before you ever send the text. And that doesn't just go for birthdays. That goes for any kind of text that you're going to send to them. But it's unnecessary. Like they don't need to know. They know you're thinking about them on their birthday because that's just yeah. what happens after a breakup. You don't need to say that and you don't need to. It's like you're breaking your own heart by doing that. 100%. And I really like the point you made about like a, any type of special day. It doesn't have to be their birthday. I mean, I like I, I and I'm guilty of it. Of course I yeah, am. Of course we um, all are. I am too. Yeah. Like I, I knew my ex had some like he was nominated for this really big award and I texted him. And I'm like, I know how hard you work for that. Like, I, I really am so proud. Like nobody deserves it more. And it's like, why, Alana? Like, why? That wasn't going to go anywhere. But like just seeing his name pop back up on my phone was like all I wanted. But again, then and it made it harder after that. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Don't text your ex on their birthday. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. We broke up six months ago and haven't talked in three months. Is it bad if I still think about them a lot? No, not at all. And this is what I tell people. Like there's this – people have this fear that their ex is going to forget them you don't forget an ex. Like I could tell you the first and last name of my sixth grade boyfriend. You just, we don't Same. forget people we're in relationships with. I don't care how short, I don't care how long. Um, so no, it's not uncommon to still think about them years down the road. And I, you know, I tell people like, I think about exes a disproportionate amount because this is the line of work that I'm in. <laughs> but like, I think it's common to think about someone that you were with years ago, even if you're in a new relationship, you know, the difference is like, ask yourself, is it an obsessive train of thought where you get on thinking about them? And honestly, even six months post breakup, like it's okay to still obsessively think about your ex because, you know, it takes, it takes time to get over, to get over breakups. And for whatever reason, six months seems to be a time where a lot of people, have like a new level of healing that they have to go through. Um, but is it obsessive or is it just passing? If it's a passing thought, it's okay. We have passing thoughts about really weird. Like we all have really weird passing thoughts throughout the day. Um, and if it is obsessive and it's been six months, like it's not, it's not a big deal. It might just be pointing you towards something that you haven't quite processed or that you haven't quite healed yet. Um, so what I tell people like breakups are like onions. You have to get through different layers. And if you've been feeling pretty good and then you hit this new level of pain, it's not a backtrack. It's, it's the next level. It's like a video game. Like you've reached level 10. What's le what lessons do you have on level 10 and see it as like a good thing instead of this backtracking. Yeah. I love that thinking about it as like different levels of a video game because yeah, it's not, it's also, it's not linear. It's not like once you feel great for a day and don't think about them for an entire day or even for an hour, that doesn't mean the next hour or the next day is going to be the same. You know, it, it comes in and goes in waves and, and that's okay. You just have to, you have to keep moving and forward and, and trying to, to move on or move through it. Um, okay, the next one. My ex and I broke up a few weeks ago. I'm in a terrible place and a complete mess, but my friend just texted me that he saw her on Hinge. How could she already be dating again? It makes me feel like she never loved me. First of all, if you're going through a breakup, please preemptively tell your friends that if they see, hear anything about your ex, not to tell you. It's not. It's never helpful. So just get that out of the way. Set a preemptive boundary. Even if you think you want to hear about it, you don't. You don't. Yeah, just don't. say, I... 
I know you probably think it would be helpful for me to hear this. It's not, never tell me, even if I ask you. Um, X is moving on really quickly. Yeah, this is, this is obviously very difficult um, to hear about. But the thing is, like, just because someone is on a dating app right away by no means means they're over it. Um, it honestly, if anything, like if I see someone move on really quickly, to me it either tells me that they can't stand being alone um, or they're so uncomfortable in their feelings that they don't know how to process it. And by getting into a new relationship or going out dating again, they're pretty much using that to like numb the feeling of the breakup. So it's not a good thing that they're like out dating again. It doesn't, it doesn't, and it doesn't undervalue, it doesn't devalue the relationship that you guys had. I think we sometimes look at what our ex does post breakup and we use that to gauge whether or not they loved us. We think that means everything that they said to us is a lie. Once a breakup happens, you guys go into two different lanes and whatever they do in their, this new lane does not mean it backtracks anything that happened when you guys were on the road together. But it is really important to stay in your own lane and to not gauge your worth, your, you know, security on whatever your ex is doing. So it's kind of two parts there. Whatever they do after the breakup is their business. Um, but it does not mean that they're over you or that you didn't mean anything. It just means that this is how they're choosing to cope. Yeah. And, and it goes back to like one thing I always talk about is making assumptions and, and why you should not make assumptions and you wouldn't want people to make assumptions about what you're thinking and why you're doing the things you're doing. And yeah, like you said before, it's like you're breaking your own heart by doing those things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I, but at, at the same time, I just gave like a lot of reasons as to why it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that I, it doesn't make you sad. So I think it's important always to like honor the feelings that come up when you see something like that. Cause that is really hurtful. Absolutely. All right. The next one we have is I bumped into my ex for the first time ever since our breakup last summer. I live in a tiny city and I knew it would happen one day. I've been dreading it daily, but of course it had to then happen on Valentine's day. This listener actually sent me this message um, last week on Valentine's day. He didn't see me, but I saw him from a distance. I instantly had to, I instantly had the urge to cry and was crying all evening about it. I did everything in the books to get over him and to move on, but I just can't seem to do so. I started seeing other people, pun intended, but can't seem to click with any of them. I was never in love with this guy, but he was my first in many aspects. And the first time I actually tried opening up to someone. So it's been my real first breakup experience ever. Maybe that's why I find it so hard to let go. Any tips on how to get over the situation? I've been listening to your podcast and love him so much. Blah, blah, blah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, that's a, it's a good question. And there's a couple points I want to hit on that. The first thing is, if you are in a situation where you feel like you're going to run into your ex, don't like don't torture yourself every day thinking about what happens if you run into your ex. Just trust that if it happens, like you're going to survive it, but don't ruin for like 45 days just because you run into your ex on the 46th, you know? So I think that's like an important, I always like to tell people that because um, you also may never run into them. So 100%. there's also that. Too. I spent years thinking about like what happens when I turn the corner and he's there. Like I can't go to this part of the city or that part of the city because what if? And 
it, it never ended up happening. But, but I, I do still wonder, like now I'm like, Oh, like would I literally just like walk up to him and punch him like maybe yeah. and I'm okay with that. But like, I guess maybe we'll find out one day. I guess we won't, but I don't like live my life in fear of it anymore. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's fine to like, you know, be in the shower and thinking about like what you would say to an ex if you saw them, like those imaginary conversations we have. Yeah. Um, but just don't like be let it ruin anxiety of yeah. what if. The thing is, I don't care how far you've gotten in your breakup. If you see them, it's gonna ca- it's gonna get a rise out of you. Like it's gonna happen, um, and it might send you on a downward spiral for a period of time. Instead, like instead of thinking about like what is the greater impact of the fact that I'm spiraling after seeing them, just be like, I'm a human being. It's normal. I saw my ex. I don't feel good about it. I saw them on Valentine's Day when a day that I was already thinking about them. This is a completely sane and normal reaction for me to have. It's totally normal for me to cry. It's totally normal for me to like take a step back, want to look at their social media, trying to figure out were they meeting anyone on Valentine's Day, like all of those things. Um, But just know it's going to pass. You know, um, if you, you know, if it's been months since you've seen your ex and you're still feeling as low, like that might be a sign that there's something deeper there. Um, but if it sends you downward for a week, it's honestly not a big, it's like not a big deal. So I think sometimes people take their feelings and make them mean something so much bigger than what it actually is and you just have to remember like you're a human being with a heart with feelings and if you see someone that you love that you miss it's gonna make you feel a certain way yeah 100 percent. and and like you said it's like you're allowed to feel sad you're allowed to feel your feelings and I think that's something we're always really hard on ourselves we're like oh but I should be feeling fine by now or I like I should be over this or this my friend was over it by this point and it's like like I said like it's not linear we're all different and it's going to take time. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're human, you're allowed to have emotions, and you're allowed to feel sad. And I think that's a really, really strong takeaway that I hope people can really understand and, and like allow themselves to feel. Yeah. And instead of putting that energy into what does this all mean, put that energy into just like loving on yourself and like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe like, just do like do something nice for yourself that week, like just give yourself the extra little comfort and grace instead of pouring it into like, panic of oh my god I'm still I'm still not over this yeah absolutely all right last question I have for you is what is the best piece of dating advice you've ever gotten oh man this is a good okay this is a good question it's so hard I know it's so hard (laughs) honestly I mean this isn't necessarily something that someone directly told me but I think it's just something that I've like learned over the time the best piece of dating advice is to get to a place where you're comfortable being single. Um, and the reason that is, is I was always someone that was very anxious. I have like anxious attachment style. I have like diagnosed anxiety. I'm just like a ball of anxiety. <laughs> Basically, I'm a ball of anxiety. And um, I was always so anxious in all of my dating situations because I wasn't okay single. So any text that I got I would read into it I was this person that was like sending the text message to like 12 friends and asking them to edit it is it okay to send this is it okay to ask if they want to hang out they didn't do this first like just my brain was insane 
once I got to a place where I felt comfortable on my own single, dating just felt like an added value to me. And it really felt like I could be myself. And it gave me a tremendous amount of freedom to be myself because I knew if I was myself and they didn't like me, all I would go back to doing is something that like I'm already okay with anyway. So that's, I think that's the best dating advice that I ever came to realize. I love that so much. And I I haven't actually heard somebody like outright say that. And so thank you for bringing that here. I think that's amazing. Kendra, I have absolutely loved this episode. This has been really, really great and special and everything I wanted it to be and more. Where can everybody find you and learn more from you? Yeah. And first of all, thank you so much for having me. This was a very fun convo. Um, The best way to connect with me is on Instagram at your breakup bestie. You can find everything else I offer from there. Um, I have a podcast called Heal Your Heartbreak that comes out every Tuesday. And then I have um, a series of online courses. And then I also have the 30 Day No Contact Challenge. So if you're someone that is struggling with reaching out to your ex, it's a great program um, to, to get into. Hell yeah. I love that. I know a lot of people who need that. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. And to everyone who listened, don't forget to follow Kendra and give a five-star rating and review if you loved the episode. And if you know somebody who's going through a breakup right now who should listen to this, or even if they went through a breakup and they're still struggling months, months, months later, send this episode to them. They will very much appreciate it. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.